Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the second Sunday in the Lenten season. Our order of service is in the bulletin following oh, the service of the word pattern. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 783, Abide With Me. We'll sing verses 1 and 5 through 7. It's hymn number 588 in the Red Book. Jesus Christ. He has removed your guilt forever. 
You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Sunday in Lent is from Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to 11, section where Paul talks about that wonderful teaching of justification, how it's through faith and not by our works that we can be sure of heaven. Paul wrote, therefore since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. Alleluia! Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Alleluia! Chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. 
In this section, Jesus predicts his death, and we see Peter reacting to that by saying, No, Lord, and, and Jesus has to rebuke Peter. Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my works in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Let's sing our next hymn listed in the bulletin as hymn number 960. He leadeth me, O blessed thought.
Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 17. Moses was inspired to write, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow worshipers of the Christ who was crucified for us. We're in the Lenten season, mentioned that many times already. It's a season of solemnity in the church year. And as we are heading now toward Good Friday and Jesus being crucified, as we head toward the cross, we're contemplating the long, lonely journey of our Savior as he went to Calvary to be crucified. We're thinking about that long, lonely journey of our Savior to pay for our sins. And because of 
thinking about Jesus going there to pay for our sins. It definitely is a season of repentance, calling for repentance, where we would acknowledge our sinfulness, be sorry for those sins, look to and trust in Jesus for forgiveness, and, and look to the Holy Spirit for help to be better Christians in this life. Yes, it's a solemn time as we make that journey toward the cross. In our reading for today, Moses tells us about a, another journey, a journey that Jacob took, a journey that he took in which he was all alone and felt all alone. And through that incident, we are reminded that as we travel through this life, through the often lonely and lonesome journeys, trap, trips, trip that we take through this life, well, God's always with us, like he is always with Jacob on his journey. He's always with us. He's with us in the good times as well as the bad times. He's there when our health is good and when our health is bad. He's with us when maybe we're experiencing prosperity and, and when we're also experiencing those financially tough times. He's always with us. But we do have a long and lonely, sometimes lonely road to travel as we follow our Savior. So as we look at these verses today, we'll say, as we travel the long, lonesome road of life, it is such a wonderful thing for us to be able to remember God's presence, to remember God's promises to us, and then also to remember God's directions in our life. Jacob had set out on this journey because he and his mother Rebekah had deceived his father Isaac into giving him the blessing, a blessing that Isaac really wanted to give to Esau, the firstborn son of Isaac and Rebekah. Esau was his favorite son. But what happened, of course, in that story is that God had told Isaac that the blessing, well, told Isaac and Rebekah that the blessing was supposed to go to the second son, to Jacob, and not to Esau. But as I said, Esau was Jacob's favorite son, and, and he wanted to give the blessing to Esau, not to Jacob. He was actually going around what God's will was, what God's plan was. And when Rebecca heard about this, she said, oh boy, we got to do something because, well, she thought God couldn't handle things, apparently. But she got Jacob involved in a plot in which they made Jacob look like Esau so that then Isaac would end up giving the blessing to Jacob instead of to Esau. And what they did, it was wrong, even though ultimately it did result in God, what God wanted to be done to be done. But it's always wrong to, to deal with things like this and think that the end 
justifies the mean to use that kind of a, a mentality, a thought process in this life. What Rebecca and Jacob should have done is they should have just simply trusted in God to take care of things. Well, because they deceived Jacob, Isaac that is, because they deceived Isaac, Isaac was upset with both Jacob and Rebekah because of their deceiving them. But ultimately, Isaac wasn't terribly upset because he knew that that was God's will. But Esau, on the other hand, he was absolutely furious because he felt he had been robbed of what rightfully belonged to him, that blessing from God. And because of that, well... Esau wanted to kill his brother. And so Isaac and Rebekah, they sent Jacob away on a 500 plus mile journey to Haran, the place where Rebekah's family had come from. And the reason for sending him there was so that he could be safe from Esau. And also what Isaac and Rebekah wanted is they wanted Jacob to try to find a wife who wouldn't be worshiping the Canaanite gods of the people who lived around them in the land of Palestine. When Jacob left his home, you can just imagine how he must have felt. Alone, lonesome, traveling a journey all by himself. And as he did that, he had to feel as if he had really messed things up and really wrecked things. He wasn't proud of the fact that he had deceived his father as he did. And, and his own twin brother, fraternal twin, wanted to kill him. He probably felt all alone. Then after a couple days of travel, what happened is that when he stopped to sleep for the night, God spoke to him in a dream. And this was the first of quite a few dreams or visions that God gave to Jacob. Moses tells us, Jacob had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And now what an awesome sight that had to be for Jacob. In a, in a graphic way, it pictures that constant communication and fellowship that exists between God and man, in particular with God and, and believers. Never is God out of touch even though the expanse between heaven and earth is, is great, God takes personal interest in the lives of his people. The stairway to heaven then pictures that close contact that God has with his people. And, well... Of course, God is omnipresent. He's present everywhere. That's a concept or a characteristic of God that really is hard for us to comprehend, impossible for us to comprehend. But now on that stairway, there were the angels, messengers of God. And it's their 
job to carry out God's will for man, they would oh, take our prayers and our requests from us and take them to God and then bring back God's answers and his help to us when they descended the, the stairway and came to us. And, and on top of that stairway was the Lord himself. And now what comfort that had to be for Jacob at this time. He had felt all alone, probably figured he'd messed everything up, wrecked everything between, well, his father and his brother and himself, but especially his brother and himself. But the Lord, the God of free and faithful grace, was still with him. God was not going to, had not forsaken Jacob. We've all probably at times in our lives felt a little bit like Jacob did as he left his parents' home. We've all gotten into arguments and maybe even fights, maybe even fights when, when we were at fault with, say, for instance, our parents or our children or our spouse or with our friends or with people we work with. And after those arguments, we probably felt all depressed as if we were all alone, as if everything was going wrong when we'd happened to feel that way. That's a good time for us to remember Jacob's dream here. That stairway also exists between God and us. And God's angels, they're there to help us. And our Lord himself is right there always for us. Even though there are billions of people on this earth, it really is wonderful for us to recognize that the Lord is always available for each one of us individually. Well, the psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. So let's not forget about the Lord's presence, but let's call upon him in the day of trouble, and he will deliver us. The Lord said to, to Jacob, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. How wonderful it must have been for Jacob at this time to hear those words from God himself. Isaac had passed on the promise to him, but now God is confirming it, that, that he really did get that blessing that was passed on from Isaac and from Abraham. It was coming to Jacob. And now he's saying that Jacob, his descendants, they possessed the promised land. And, and possessing that promised land was something that was so important to Jacob's descendant. Being there and possessing that land meant that they were close to God. It pictured that. It also reminded them of the eternal promised land and God's promise to take all believers home to heaven. Well, the Lord said to Jacob, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. 
All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. At this point in time, Jacob had no children. He had no wife either. But through faith, he believed God's promises. He believed God's promises. And well, about 450 years or more later after this, when God freed the Israelites from being enslaved in Egypt, Jacob's descendants had already grown to a nation that was maybe between two and two and a half million people strong. And under Kings David and Solomon, when you think about the Israelite nation, they controlled a huge amount of territory. And most importantly, that promise that all peoples on earth would be blessed through Jacob and his descendants, well, especially his greatest descendant, that ended up being fulfilled when Christ the Savior came into this world to live and to die for us and to pay for our sins. Jacob trusted in the Lord's promises and we'll want to do the same. We can depend on any promise, every promise that God makes to us. King Solomon said, not one word has failed of all the good promises God gave through his servant Moses. Our God is a faithful God. He is the God of our spiritual ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we also can depend on possessing the eternal promised land of heaven. Right now, the number of spiritual descendants of Jacob, it's like the dust of the earth or the, the sand on the seashore or the stars in the sky. There are believers all over the world. That's such a wonderful thing to be able to recognize. Wherever God's holy word is proclaimed, the Holy Spirit can work on people's hearts and make them believing children of God. Part of those multitudes that are in God's believing family. And all people on earth are blessed through that Savior that came. Our gracious Lord, he lived and died for us and paid for all of our sins, and he rose from the dead to win forgiveness for the sins of absolutely all people. Yes, Jesus died for the sins of all people, whether they believe in him or not. He lived and died for my sins, for your sins, for the sins of all people. And how sad it is, though, that so many people in the world reject that forgiveness and will lose out on the eternal promised land of heaven. And how blessed we are, though, that the Holy Spirit has graciously worked on our hearts and made us believing children of God. The Lord said to Jacob, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Oh, since Jacob had so many miles to travel, this promise of God's protection had to mean a lot to him. It had to be so important for him. 
in the chapters of Genesis following our reading, Moses tells us all that happened to Jacob while he was in his uncle Laban's house. The entire life of Jacob is a reliable witness to the fact that God was with him and God was directing the events of his life. God was blessing him. Moses tells us when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. When Jacob left home, when he left Isaac and Rebekah, he might have felt all alone, abandoned even by God because of how he had deceived his father and everything, but, but now he didn't. He was sure that God was with him, directing the events of his life. He had been afraid because he was a sinner and he had been in the presence of God there in that vision. But now he knew that his gracious God, our gracious God, would be with him throughout his life as he traveled the, down the long, lonesome road of life. As God was with Jacob directing all the events of his life, so he's also with us directing all the events of our life. It's really wonderful for us to be able to recognize that God has a plan for us. He loves us, he has a plan for us, and he wants us to be with him eternally. And because that's the case, surely he's going to make sure that everything works together in life, in our lives, for our eternal good. He even makes the tragic things that happen in our lives. Oh, if it's a car accident, if it's terrible weather events, if it's terrible health problems, he makes all of those things somehow or other work together for good. He made Jacob having to flee like that, he made that work out for his good. And now see, that's God's promise. He's always working for good. As we travel down the long and lonesome road of this life, there will be times when it will seem for us as if everything is going wrong, as if we're too weak to go on then let's remember the help and the strength that we have in our Lord. Let's remember he's always with us and he's promised to take care of us and direct all of the events in our lives for our eternal good. Let's also remember that stairway to heaven which connected Jacob with the Lord. That stairway also connects you and me to the Lord as well. With our Lord, we're never alone. And with our Lord, we can never lose. We're always winners 
in the Lord. So as we travel the long and lonesome, often lonesome road of this life, as we travel that road, let's remember that because of the Lord being with us, that road, it leads to our eternal home in heaven with our Savior. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, you see that we have no power to defend ourselves. Guard and keep us both outwardly and inwardly from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault our souls. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, we keep in our prayers, oh, especially thinking of Tony Alfaro still at rehab at Charlotte, and we think of Karen Ripley's home now, recovering from you know, consequences of that fall. We think of, we think of Paula Burris, having more problems with her legs and infections there. And, and we also think of Diane Kennedy dealing with her back. We, we ask you, Lord, be with these members of our believing family. Please, please, if it's your will, grant them healing. But as we always keep on saying, grant to them, grant to us, always that wonderful knowledge that as we travel down the long and often lonesome road of this life with its trials and troubles that we always have you with us, giving us your help and strength, enabling us to always be victors because of Christ already winning the victory for us. And Lord God, we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home sweet home. God bless America, my home sweet home. Thank you again for joining me for worship today. Just a couple quick announcements to share with you in the congregation this week. Tuesday, Holly Nelson's birthday. Wednesday, Cody Christmas. Thursday, Clayton Gerard. And, well, Maxine Crafton, she's in heaven now, but it would have been her birthday. Friday, Sarah Mullins' birthday. This Wednesday, we have our third midweek Lenten service. Soup supper at 5.30 again and worship at 6.30. Pastor Joel Voss from Emmanuel will be here talking on, well, God on trial. The subject of sympathy is the theme of his message. Again, I thank you for worshiping with me today. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.